0: It was a rough night for the Atlanta Braves bullpen as they blow one late in Detroit. We'll discuss that, and I'll also answer a question that's come up a lot this year. Should we be concerned about Matt Olsen? Is he actually good? I'll answer that on today's episode of Locked on Braves, so let's get into it. You are Locked on Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We'll you Hey, welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shorts.ball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at On underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. If you're new, Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Also hit that thumbs up button. It does help support the show whenever you do that. And thank you so much for all the support you give me here on Lockdown Braves, making us your first listen of each and every day. Big shout out to some of my everydayers who let me know that on the last YouTube video. Jack Shade, who says it's his favorite Braves podcast. I Think that means a lot because there's a ton of great various podcasts out there. Jacob Duncan says he's now an everydayer. We've turned him into one. Thank you, there, Jacob. Fernando De La Luz, Sam Hogg, David Lyons from Faptown, North Carolina, and Craig Rogers. So if you're an everydayer, let me know down in the YouTube comments section. This today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account. And use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's episode, we're going to talk about that rough one in Detroit, a game the Braves absolutely should win 100% of the time, but they don't on Monday night. And then I'm going to answer this question because I've been asked it more than anything else this year. Should we be concerned about Matt Olson? Is Matt Olson good We'll discuss that in our Taco Tuesday segment and then set you up for Tuesday night's game, which I think is a very pivotal start for Spencer Strider. But let's jump into Monday night's game, a rough six to five extra innings loss to the Detroit Tigers. Braves blew a five to one lead in this game. They had a five-two lead going into the bottom of the ninth and could not come away with the win. Look, bottom line. You got to win that game. Uh, You just, you have to. It's one of the worst offenses in baseball. You have one of the better closers in baseball in Hill Iglesias. I know a lot of people aren't believing that this morning, but he has been really good. You got to be able to close that game out. The Tigers snap a nine-game losing streak. I told you yesterday, I hate going into these series against teams who are on these long losing streaks because law of averages just tells you they're going to win at some point. We saw it with the A's, who were on an 11-game losing streak coming into that series against the Braves. Now here with the Tigers on a nine-game losing streak. Eventually, it's baseball. Those teams are going to win a game, and unfortunately, it comes at the hands of the Atlanta Braves. But you can't let up against these teams either. I kind of talked about it over the weekend against the Nationals. Yeah, the Braves won the series, but it you know, it's looked like the offense, at least, Took a bit of a step back. You cannot let your foot off the gas pedal against these teams. These are still big leaguers. A lot of them are young players who are fighting for playing time. You cannot let up against these teams and give them an opportunity. And I'm not saying the Braves aren't there mentally. I'm sure they're out there doing their best, but it just seems like that's been the case here. And, and it's, so, it's so crazy that the narrative has changed with this Braves team because earlier in the year, everybody's saying, oh, they only beat up on the bad teams. They can't beat the good teams. And now all of a sudden it's, oh, they only play good against good teams and they're losing to bad teams. It's so crazy how this narrative has flipped for the Atlanta Braves this season. But whatever the case, you can't let up even against these teams who are really bad. And also, you know, maybe some of these comeback wins are just evening out. The Braves had a lot of comeback wins last week. Now they get a taste of their own medicine. But bottom line, you got to win that game. And they couldn't. The bullpen fell apart, and it wasn't just Iglesias in the ninth. Yeah, he was the worst of it, and he blew the save and the win. But McHugh also came in, allowed a home run. Nick Anderson allowed a run on a double and two singles as well in the eighth inning. Mentor the only one with a clean outing there out of the bullpen. And Iglesias just got crushed. I mean, we, we saw in Oakland – Clearly, the weather was affecting him. The fastball velocity was way down. He could not control his pitches at all, and this one he was just getting smashed. And he talked about in the post game that he thought the the Tigers were just being highly aggressive against him, knowing he's a pitcher that throws a lot of strikes. And I think that played out with how you saw things go in that ninth inning. They were just jumping on pitches in the zone. A really good. Hit by Jonathan Scope to start it out as a sinker down and in. Pretty well located, but Scope just made a really great swing on it to get it started. And then he left a sinker right down the middle of the plate to Spencer Torgelson, who crushed it out for the big home run. And then it's the next batter after that. You know, you give up the two-run homer. It's a 5-4 game. You know, still okay. Settle down. Get these next three outs. But then you give up a bloop hit to the next batter. And that's when all of a sudden you felt, okay, Maybe this isn't a Iglesias' night here. Things just not going his way. He then falls up, gets a strikeout of Baez, um, but then Beerling, you know, laces a, a single. Or no, sorry. Then he got the ground ball out. Braves couldn't turn the double play there, but you get two outs. So, five-two game. You do have a runner on base, but there's two outs now, and it's at this point you're thinking, okay, Iglesias, an out way, You know, get out of this. Be fine. Braves win a five-four game, but then Veerling laces a sinker the other way at 110 miles per hour. Still, first and second, two outs. You're just one out away here. And then Zach Short drops a ball into left field. And I I tweeted this out, and this is definitely second-guessing, but it also kind of seems like a no-brainer. Why is Kevin Pilar or Sam Hillier not in left field there defensively to start that ninth inning? It's a 3 Three-run game, I mean, almost 100% of the time, a manager is going to put their best defensive players in the game there to try to you know, preserve the lead and and get the win. I don't know if Pilar and Hilliard catch that ball. I know a lot of you on Twitter have told me that you think they absolutely do. I, I don't know. I think they give you the best chance to catch that ball. I think they definitely have a better opportunity of getting there than Eddie Rosario, but either way, you know, that didn't have those players in at that time. That ball drops in in front of Eddie Rosario, and it ties the game. And then the Braves ultimately lose it in the 10th inning. A tough task for Joe Jimenez. Austin Riley not handling that bunt play and getting it out really hurts as well because then the next batter you know, lined out to Ozzy. assuming things play out the same. Maybe you get out of that inning, but still, the Braves failed to score in the top half of the 10th inning. That's on the offense there. Got to be able to execute and get that run, an aggressive send by Ron Washington, at third base, get Sam Hilliard uh, cut down at home plate. Tigers had 15 hits in this game. I mentioned coming in, worst OPS in all of baseball, and the Braves pitching staff gave up 15 hits to the Tigers in this game. 11 of them came against the bullpen. Eight of them came against Nick Anderson and Rysel Iglesias in the ninth, eighth and ninth innings. That's a highly unusual. I don't think we see that a lot. This year, but that's, I mean, I know it seems simple to say and an excuse, but that's just baseball sometimes. But 15 hits to the Tigers and a lot of really hard hits in this game. Over 20 balls hit 100 miles per hour or harder in this one. Braves had 12 of them, but uh, the Tigers had several as well. So just a lot of hard contact in this one. Charlie Morton, however, was really good. A dominant start that we were looking for. Five and two-thirds scoreless innings, eight strikeouts, 17 whiffs, including 12 of 23 swings against the curveball, 19 called strikes as well, which would seem to suggest that he had good command for the most part. However, still walked three. I need to see those walk rates go down, those walk numbers go down that you know drove up his pitch count and prevented him from going deeper in this game and the Braves having to get into that bullpen, which has been very good lately. I have no problem going to this Braves bullpen at this moment, but still, I would have liked to seen Charlie Morton at least get through that sixth inning, you know against the Tigers team who he was dominating for the most part only gave up four hits, but he threw 104 pitches, those three walks really adding to that. But overall, the start that we needed to see and we should see from Charlie Morton, against the offense like the Tigers. Unfortunately, the bullpen just didn't have it. On the offensive side, Michael Harris, another big game, another three-hit game, and four hard-hit balls. Highly encouraging. You now look at his last seven games. He's 10 for 27, two doubles, two homers, a walk and five strikeouts, four runs and four runs batted in. I mentioned this on the postcast. He's going to score if he gets on with hitting in front of Ronald Acuna Jr. And that's why I think when he gets going, this offense just absolutely becomes the best one in all of baseball, if it's not already. And you look at the line score tonight, Acuna ended up having three RBI on the evening. And a lot of that because Michael Harris starting to get on base at the bottom of the order. The offense scored five runs. That should be enough on on most nights to win a game, but they did have a lot of o- other opportunities to really break this one open. They were one for 11 with runners in scoring position. We've talked about all year how much of a problem the Braves have had hitting with runners in scoring position. It was really the fifth inning that hurt the most because you had bases loaded, one out. We've all seen this story written, and, and we've seen it play out a lot of times over the season. Bases loaded, one out. Travis Darno comes into the game for Marcelo Zuna, who has to leave. We'll talk more about that here in a minute. And then he strikes out, and then Rosario grounds out. You know, in those situations, those are probably two of the guys I want up the most because they're typically going to put the ball in play. And in the case of Rosario, he typically comes up pretty clutch, and they both fail in that circumstance, and the Braves miss a big opportunity to at least put another run, maybe two up on the board, and obviously that really comes back to hurt them in this game. Michael Harris also getting caught on that blue pop-up by Acuna ends up being a force out for him. Not only does it unfortunately take a hit away from Acuna, not that he really stung the ball, but you know it also pre- prevented a run from scoring because then Matt Olson followed that up with a single that likely scores Harris from second base, so a little bit of tough luck there. So again, the offense scored five runs. It's not on them, but they had the opportunity to do more, as they do most every night because they're continually putting pressure on the other team. This one falls squarely on the bullpen, who gave up, you know, six runs in this game um, and were able to hold on to a three-run lead in the ninth inning. But they'll bounce back. The bullpen's been great lately. Not worried about it at all. It is a tough loss against a bad team and you give up 15 hits to a bad offense. But bounce back, still got an opportunity to win this series. Next, I want to answer a question that I've gotten asked all season long. Should we be concerned about Matt Olson? We'll discuss that here next. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, and it's not when you use game time, which is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They have great deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for all the fun that you're going to have. And forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. I've experienced that as well. It was very comforting to be able to get those tickets last minute. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You can get images of your seat before you buy, which is a feature that I love when buying tickets. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Braves and Tigers will play again on Tuesday night at 6.40 p.m. Eastern. We'll see if the Braves can pick themselves up off the mat and even this series up. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves had a, a really good podcast yesterday, Miners Monday podcast. Go back and give that a listen. Um, really did a deep dive on some of the top prospects in the Braves system. Looking at Braden Schumake, Von Grissom, Joe Dunnan as well, who's been on fire at AAA, and then Luis Guanipa, big international signing for the Braves, who's off to a good start in the DSL. So make sure you go back and give that podcast a listen. Now we get into our Talk O Tuesday segment, talking about the biggest storylines in Braves country right now. And this is one I feel like we need to talk about, and it's somewhat, I don't want to say unfortunate, but I think there are some real concerns with fans with Matt Olson or for fans with Matt Olson. And I've said it a couple of times now, it is by far the question I have been asked the most this year whether it's, should we be concerned about Matt Olson? I feel like I've been asked that at least 10 times so far this season. And is Matt Olson really good? So I want to answer that question today. And the short answer is yes, he's good. Matt Olson is a good first baseman. He is a good Major League Baseball player. That is the short answer. However, that does not mean he's a perfect player. And that does not mean there are not some concerns with his game. Which we'll talk about, but he is a good player. And let's start with the good, what he does really good. And one thing he does best of anybody in baseball is he hits the ball really, really hard. He's in the 98th percentile in average exit velocity, he's in the 100th percentile in max exit velocity, he's in the 95th percentile in hard hit percentage, the 98th percentile in barrel percentage, and He's in the 95th percentile and walk percentage. He gets on base a ton. He's 26th in Major League Baseball in OPS. That's on base percentage plus slugging. So a stat that really favors Matt Olson, who does slug a lot. He does get on base a lot. He's 26th in all of Major League Baseball. He's fifth in baseball in home runs. He hits a lot of home runs. He's 11th in RBI. He drives in a lot of runs. And despite hitting just 232 he still has an on-base percentage of 352. So, again, he gets on base. This is a true three-outcomes player right now. It's a home run, it's a walk, or it's a strikeout. That's who Matt Olson is right now. Hopefully, there's more. Hopefully, we see him you know, start to get more hits. I thought he would with the shift going away. We'll talk about that more here in a second when we get into the bad. But this is a three-true-outcomes player. Right now. And the good thing is, what he does really well the home runs and the walks, he does really, really well. And that's why he is a good player. What he is not, he is not Freddie Freeman. And I think that's where a lot of the hangup comes and a lot of the issues come with Matt Olsen is that everybody's comparing him to Freddie Freeman. He is not Freddie Freeman. He is not that type of player. Freddie Freeman is a complete hitter, he's a potential. Hall of Famer one day and I don't really want to get into the discussion of well why didn't they just bring Freddie Freeman back why did they go trade for Matt Olson? we've been over that a ton I think there's a lot of blame to go around for why that didn't happen you want to go back and listen to previous podcasts on that to get my feelings you can but the fact is the Braves didn't Freddie Freeman didn't and the Braves have Matt Olson. that's their first baseman and he is not Freddie Freeman I want that to be abundantly clear and just because he's not freddie freeman does not mean he's a bad player he's easily a top 10 first baseman in all of baseball and i think you could still make a case that he's top five behind freddie freeman behind yanni diaz who's having a, a breakout year with the rays behind paul goldschmidt and paul uh, pete Alonso is in that discussion as well and i think matt Olson can be right up there with those guys in the top five six first baseman in all of baseball. So I think that's one of the bigger issues surrounding Matt Olson is everybody's comparing him to Freddie Freeman. He's not Freddie Freeman. And just because he's not doesn't mean he's a bad player. He's still one of the best first basemen in all of baseball. Now there is some bad in his game. I'm not going to deny that. I still think overall he's a good player, but there are some things that he does bad and things that he's doing particularly bad this year. He's striking out way too much, uh, almost a 30% clip this year. That's up five percent from last year. Now, over the past month and a half, it's been more around that 25% range, which you can live with with Matt Olson. You can live with him striking out 25% of the time because of the home runs and the slug that you're getting from him. But 30% of the time, where he was, you know, he was over that to begin the season in the month of April, that's way too much. But he has started to cut cut back on that a little bit. Not enough hits, and and really that's the big difference between him and Freddie Freeman. Freddie will shoot a ball the other way for a soft single, and like I said, Freddie's just a more complete hitter. But and I'm making the mistake now. You cannot compare those two. But I think that's when fans, when they're looking at Matt Olson, they're not seeing those hits. It's it seems like it's boom or bust with Matt Olson, and you know that is a bad. Part of Matt Olson's game. He just, he's not getting the hits. His average is low, and a lot of people look at average, and a lot of people, other people will say average is meaningless in today's game, but it is low. And I'm somewhat shocked that it's that low this year. I thought he would get more hits with the shift going away. I thought he'd be one of the biggest benefactors of that, but you have to put the ball in play, and he hasn't done that enough this year. And you got to put the ball on the ground to really beat the shift. And he has a 36.9% ground ball rate that is easily the lowest among Braves regulars. And you want Matt Olson to put the ball in the air because of that slug and the home runs. You don't want him hitting a lot of ground balls. You want him putting the ball in the air, and you want to see it going over the fence. So that's just part of Matt Olson's game, and it's why that average is down. If he hit the ball on the ground more, he might find some holes that sneak through and get more hits and singles. But – You want Matt Olson driving those balls into the gap and over the fence. He also hasn't gotten a lot of doubles this year. He has 10 doubles, which are just sixth on the team. Last year, he was second in all of baseball with 44 doubles. So that's something this year that's really taken a step back for for whatever reason. He's not getting those doubles this year. And typically, you know, you're getting 40 doubles and 40 home runs. (laughs) You're getting (laughs) almost 80 extra base hits as he did last year, that is fantastic. That's one of the best power hitters in all of baseball. Right now, he's not getting those doubles, and I think that'll probably play itself out over the year. He's also really struggled against lefties this season, slashing 194, 272, 333 against lefties. In his career, he's slashing 237, 321, 456. So that's something that has to get better. I don't know if some of the swing... Adjustments he made in the offseason has really hurt him against lefties, but made him deadly against righties. But he's really struggled against lefties this season. He's also struggled against power pitchers. And this is according to baseball reference pitchers who are in the top third of the league in strikeouts plus walks. He's really struggled against those power pitchers, which typically means higher velocity. In his career, he slashed 217. 321, 424 against power pitchers. Most hitters are going to be you know worse off against power pitchers than finesse pitchers. This year in 54 at bats, he's slashing 074 against power pitchers with an 093 slugging percentage. He is not slugging at all against power pitchers this year, and that has been a real struggle. And shout-out to – i I'm sorry, I forget who sent me this on Twitter to point that out to me, uh, but I thank you for doing so. But it has been a real struggle against Matt Olsen against power pitchers. He's also struggled with runners in scoring position this year, just 156 with runners in scoring position. He does have a 337 on base. He's taking his walks in those situations, but he's not getting the hits. He's not slugging with runners in scoring position. And the defense – Hasn't been as advertised. I realize now I'm giving a lot of bad about Matt Olson, but the defense hasn't been as advertised. Certainly not Gold Glover, uh, like he was in Oakland, and this year has been really bad. Uh, based on the advanced metrics, he's been one of the worst defensive first basemen in baseball with a negative one DRS, negative one point eight UZR, and negative four OAA. Now, last season. He had a slow start defensively. And then I thought he was much better in the second half. And he ended up being one of the top four first basemen defensively in all of baseball. So again, it's a long season. And that's what I would say to fans right now. It's a long season. And I think these things will level out with Matt Olsen over 162. You know, history tells us that it will, but it's he's had some, you know, bad. Bad categories so far this year, to say the least. The runners in scoring position, not hitting lefties. The defense, striking out too much. Those are all bad aspects of his game this year. I do think we'll see improvements on that as the season goes along, especially defensively. I think that's an area where he'll just get better. I think maybe the shift going away. Braves defense in general, I think, has really struggled with that this year, kind of shifting from no shift. This season, the Braves defense seems to have struggled with that a bit, but I think he'll get better there. Runners in scoring position things seems to always level out over the year. The the struggles against lefty, if there was one thing that maybe concerned me the most is the struggles against lefties. Now you don't face as many lefties, so it wouldn't be terrible, but you would really hope that you're not getting a platoon player at first base for the Braves. And I don't think that's going to be the case, but the fact that he's done so poorly against lefties this year is a bit of a concern, but again, you're getting what you traded for. And I think this is what I said last year, even when a lot of people thought Matt Olson had a bad year, he didn't. And he got, you got exactly what you traded for. You got a guy who hits home runs, drives in runs and gets on base. What you, the player that you traded for other than maybe the defenses. And like I said, last year, he ended up being top five defensively in first baseman. So I still think he can get there this year, but you got what you traded for. You got a power hitter who gets on base. That's exactly who he's been. What I like to see more. What I like to see him get more hits, get more singles, boost that average up a little bit. Sure, but I don't want it to take away from the guy that the Braves wanted and or what they traded for. And that's a big power guy who gets on base. And a lot of people are saying, do they need to move him down in the lineup? He's in that two hole, two hole because he gets on base he still takes a lot of walks and that's typically what you want in that two holes the guy that's going to get on base for your run producers behind him like Riley like Murphy so I think he's perfectly fine in that two hole he's going to have highs and lows as a lot of hitters are but I still think the best is yet to come for Matt Olson this season but there have been some reasons for worry this year and I understand that and that's why I wanted to take the time on this podcast today to kind of go through that. So is Matt Olson good? Yes, he's good. He's really good at the things he does. Well, hit home runs, drive in runs and walk. He does those three things really well, as good as anybody in baseball. Are there holes in his game? Absolutely. There are, but he's still, when you look at it on a whole, one of the better first basemen in all of baseball. So maybe that will stop some of the questions for now. We want to, you know, do this again in a month or two we certainly can but hopefully that'll at least answer some of your questions with Matt Olson again I think the biggest thing is that everybody's still comparing him to Freddie Freeman he's not Freddie Freeman Freddie Freeman's the better all-around player there I said it but he's not here anymore Matt Olson is and Matt Olson's a really good first baseman and we need to start appreciating him for that in my opinion not a perfect player but still a really good first baseman all right, next, we'll turn our attention to game two in this Tiger series where Spencer Strider takes them out and really needing a dominant performance. We'll discuss that next. Was unfortunate for what happened with Marcel Ozuna on Monday night. He got hit in the hand and had to leave the game. Initial x-rays were negative, and they were calling it just a contusion. Haven't seen an update yet on that as, as uh, Tuesday morning, but he was going to go back for further testing. Hopefully there's nothing serious there. Never thought we'd be sitting here at a point where we're talking about potentially losing one of the better hitters in the Braves lineup and that hitter being Marcel Ozuna, but that's where we are. He even had a hit in this game before exiting, so it would be a big loss for the Braves right now. Obviously, you can use that DH spot with Murphy and Travis Darnot and be you know just fine offensively, but Would be a big loss for the Braves with the way Ozuna has been playing lately, acting more like a complete hitter and really producing in many different ways. So hopefully everything is okay there for him, but we're still waiting on further testing. Game two between the Tigers and Braves, it'll be Spencer Strider versus Reese Olsen. Olsen's a 23-year-old right-handed pitcher. He had a 6.38 ERA and 10 starts at AAA this year, but in his two big league starts, he's pitched 10 innings, allowed just five hits, Two walks and three earned runs with nine strikeouts. He's been really good at the big league level. Slider, fastball, sinker, changeup mostly he does have a curve as well that he mixes in just five percent of the time. So be interesting to see if the Braves get a read on him. Might take them a time or two through the order to really figure him out, but hopefully they do get to him. But the key for me in this one is Spencer Strider coming off his worst start as a big league pitcher and somebody who Really, I don't want to say he's been struggling. He's still been really good other than that Met start over the last month or so, but it hasn't been that Cy Young level of dominance that we had been accustomed to seeing from Spencer Strider. And I think this is an outing where you need to see it. And I hate to put that kind of pressure, and I know he's not you know, listening to this or he's not worrying about any pressure from me, but I think this has to be a dominant start for Spencer Strider. I mean, it's a great opportunity against an offense who, like I said, coming in is last in the major league baseball and OPS. I know they had 15 hits last night, but still this is a, an outing. This is a opponent that we need to see Spencer Strider put a dominant start together. I'm talking seven innings, one earned or less double digit strikeouts, limit the walks. I want to see that velocity back up, better command overall. I'm really looking for Spencer Strider to have a dominant start on Tuesday night. Not only should he going up against this lineup, but I think he really needs to. Not that I worry too much about his confidence, but you know it has to be a little bit shaky coming off that Mets game. And again, the month of May, just while it was still good, I mean, it was over a four ERA for him. Not what we're accustomed to seeing for Spencer Strider. So I think this is an opportunity. This is a spot. Get the Braves back in the win column. Hopefully start a new winning streak. I think this is an opportunity here for Spencer Strider to have one of those dominant starts and hopefully get back on track, and hopefully we see that on Tuesday night. Again, it'll be the Braves and the Tigers at 6.40 p.m. Eastern. Hopefully, again, Spencer Strider can get on a roll, and the Braves offense can get to the young Reese Olsen of the Tigers. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. That will do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of each and every day. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. and we will talk to you next time.